G'day. We hope you're enjoying our podcast. Producing a podcast is costly, both time and money. If you'd like to show your support and offer a one-off payment, even the price of a coffee or a beer, that'd be greatly appreciated and would go a long way to support us. If you'd like to leave a donation, head to the show notes of this episode and click on the ACAST supporter link. Be sure to leave your message of support too. Thanks again. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. G'day guys. Welcome back to Beanham Valley Road. This is the question and answer episode and I'm your host, Jamie Paltz. Tom is sick at the moment with quite possibly the worst case of man flu ever. So, you are stuck with me for this episode. It's a Saturday morning in June 2019. I'm currently at Chipmunks, an indoor playground for kids, and it's absolutely chaotic, as you can imagine. A hundred or so screaming kids running around, throwing balls around the ball pit. It's while I'm sitting here, in this hectic playground, that I post to Facebook asking for anyone to submit their questions for this episode. Needless to say... We've had a fantastic response from all the people who have been listening and following this journey so far. And I know I've said it before, but the support we've received for this project has been overwhelming. So thank you again. Some feedback, however, we've received over the last couple of weeks has been around the lack of a backstory for Kira. The thing is that right from the start, what we have tried to do is highlight, I suppose to you and ourselves, the impact on a family and a community when someone is suddenly taken. Our focus has always been in and around the time leading up to and immediately after Kira's death. We simply do not have the time or resources to explore every aspect of Kira's life as much as we would like to. Our goal right from the start has always been to give you guys an idea of who Kira was and members of her family and friends who wanted to be given the opportunity to speak about her publicly. We did so. The subject matter we are dealing with is complex. There are living, breathing people whose lives are intertwined with this. With the coming coronial inquest, as such we have a responsibility to ensure those people are respected. Some of those people are Kira's immediate family, and we have respected their request to not be a part of this project from the start. A lot of people have reached out to us, letting us know that this is one of the best true crime podcasts they have listened to, and we thank them for their feedback. But I see this more as a true life story. The unfortunate reality loved ones are taken from us all the time. It's just not fair. And it's hard to reconcile and it raises numerous questions. So without further ado, let's get into some of yours. Simone from Tasmania, Australia, asked two questions. What do the police think about the podcast and have you spoken with them? And... Do you and Tom ever argue or disagree about anything? Thanks, Simone. Hello, how are you? Anyway, well, we have spoken to Detective Sergeant Rob Lowry of Gimpy CIB, which is the criminal investigation branch. He has listened to the podcast and he told me that he was supportive and encouraging and we offered to give him all the information we have. Unfortunately, he couldn't comment on it, but yeah, he's definitely been listening. 
and so is the whole station. Tom and I also have numerous friends who are still police and they have been telling us that they listen and like it. So I hope that answers your question. And do we argue about anything? No, we don't really disagree or argue. We try and keep the communication lines open and have a laugh when we can. 100, 100% type thing. And Sarah Williamson from Whistler, BC, Canada asks, would love to hear more about you guys, your experience of creating this podcast. How did you decide to go for it? What were your initial expectations going into it? And how have those expectations changed as the episodes build? Well, thanks for your question, Sarah. Hello. Well, it's been in my mind for a while now. It's a big leap to take, however, though. So one thing to think about it, one thing to do it. So I, I've just been thinking about it and I've reached out to Tom and it turns out that he was in the same boat. He remembers Kira's case well and he also wanted to shine a light on it. Uh, we got together for a few meetings and we planned about how we'd go about starting it. We then reached out to Alison and here we are. Uh, we spend countless hours on it. Uh, we had the goal of creating something that was meaningful and hopefully helpful to those involved. Uh, we've been truly humbled by how many people have actually listened and empathised with Alison's story. It feels like the people we were talking about are just characters in a story, but we actually have to pinch ourselves and remember these are real people with real lives. So that always plays on us as well. we have to treat everyone with respect and integrity and just remember we're dealing with a true a true story here but i guess as the episodes go on and people keep listening our expectations i guess we put more pressure on ourselves as it goes on michelle whitehouse from wollongong new south wales asks i'm interested in knowing whether it is a crime to not seek medical attention for a loved one within a timely manner and also, if you do seek medical attention and give misleading information as to what may have happened, is that also a crime? I am wondering if the medical treatment Kira received may have been different if they were not under the belief that she had overdosed. Hey Michelle, well I asked my friend who is a former Queensland Police Sergeant for his input on this one because it's a bit of a grey area. And he said, yes it can be a crime to not provide proper medical treatment. If you knowingly provide incorrect medical information... You would have to prove that beyond a reasonable doubt, however, and that person dies as a result, it could technically constitute murder or manslaughter. You would need to prove an intention to cause that death of that person, which would be difficult, but not impossible. Ali Rose Pryor asks, As former policeman, did you unreservedly believe Tamika's version of events? All of the minute detail she could seem to recall at Kira's home? Thanks for your question. Uh, no, we don't take anything as gospel. However, I do take my hat off to Tamika for coming forward and talking with us on the record, but we can't believe everything we hear. We have to stay open-minded about it all, and it's also important to note we don't have the resources to corroborate different people's version of events. Essentially, we're working from the mandate that people want to come and talk to us, we're happy to hear from them, and we'll publish what they say with their consent. Okay, so Lee Sparks from Budrum, Queensland. Just around the corner. Do you guys get scared as individuals when you front it up to situations like the home of Kira's, knowing that something awful has happened there? Does this or any previous ones in your previous police work play on your mental state, like your dreams or your daily life? And how did you personally cope with these types of criminal cases mentally? I hope that's not too personal. You're both doing an awesome job. Ah, cheers, Lee. Thanks for the questions. Uh, not too personal. So there were definitely times that I got scared, had the adrenaline pumping for sure. Like during seizures where someone has barricaded themselves into a room in their house, they branded a weapon and they would taunt us to come in. That's pretty, pretty full on. Uh, searching houses when you think someone may be inside hiding from you, opening doors or wardrobes just waiting to find someone. Uh, one time I was searching a house for a wanted person and I was in a bedroom just looking everywhere. 
I was complacent at the time, and I just casually opened the shower curtain. He was just standing there right there, staring at me inches away. Like, that gave me a fright, that's for sure. And, you know, thinking about it afterwards, he could have had a knife or just surprised me with some sort of weapon and I would have been gone. Like, it's just crazy how complacent you can become. But luckily, nothing happened. Uh, As far as hard jobs wreaking havoc on your mental health, yeah, well, suicides are always confronting. Like, the devastation, just being there with the family or friends, the sadness of it all. It's always eerie standing in that place where someone made that choice. And then obviously telling loved ones that their loved ones have died, it's pretty hard. I can't speak for Tom, but it affected me in some ways. I'd become cynical and untrusting of people, a bit jumpy at times too, um, quick to anger at times. And now being out of that, I'm, I'm good. But I tried to have hobbies, exercising, just to cope with all that. Eliza, didn't say where you're from, but anyway. Does Jason know about the podcast and do you plan on interviewing him? Hey Eliza, thanks for the question. We have reached out to him if he is agreeable and is wanting to speak with us. We are more than happy to speak with him. But so far, we don't know. Kate McMahon from Victoria, Australia. My question is around your ability to report on this matter with previous history of being in the police. Are you not subject to any gag orders per se? And also about closing the case without an arrest. Does it become a cold case and managed as it does in Victoria? Thanks for your questions. We are no longer police, so we don't need their permission to do this podcast. And all of the information we've obtained was done so lawfully. We are speaking to people who are willing to share their story. And as long as we don't discuss confidential police matters, we aren't breaking any laws. Essentially, we are civilians talking to civilians. And the second part of that question, I don't really know the full answer. Cases can be finalised a variety of different ways without charging anyone. But when it comes to homicides or suspicious deaths... I'm not entirely sure what happens there. Sean Flynn from Melbourne, Victoria. Did you feel a sense of futility in the job with the difficulty of prosecuting some offenders The DPP, Department of Public Prosecutions, didn't have enough evidence to move forward with? G'day, Sean. Uh, yes, I did, although I didn't really have much personal experience with this. I was general duties. This would be maybe more detectives. But for me, I would always liaise with senior officers, detectives and prosecutors to see what charge to go with given the circumstances. Sometimes they would say I didn't have enough to satisfy each element of an offence, so I'll go with a different one. Christy Brown asks, In one of the earlier podcasts, you said you were at the back of the property searching in the bushland until the early hours of the morning, or something along those lines. What were you looking for? Thanks, Christy. Well, the short answer is police were looking for any evidence as standard practice in such matters. Ruth from Gimpy asks... Will we ever find out what the conversation was with Kira and her ex? Will he tell anybody? Thanks, Ruth. Uh, We don't exactly know. I hope to find out more about those calls. Uh, We have heard she called to speak with the kids. We have spoken to numerous people who they what they said the call was about, but we need to clarify those first. You'll hear from them in another episode. Margie Kunz from Missouri, USA. The question I have is one you can't answer. Why was Kira so mad at Tamika? I think that's the key to this if it was premeditated. That's a good point. Tamika says Kira got really angry and passionate about something. If you remember, Tamika says at one point in the night, she went down and told Jason to, quote, put his dog on a leash, end quote. Thanks for listening all the way from America. Kylie Batson from Torquay in Victoria. In episode three, the very beginning of your interview with Tamika, she says, would love for him to hear my name. Is she referring to her brother? Has he been listening to the podcast? Thanks for the question. Uh, Yes, she was referring to her brother. I gave her the option to 
leave her name out of it, and she said no. I want it on there. And I don't know if he's listened. That's all the questions, guys. This next part, this announcement was not made lightly. It was a decision that we really had to pour over. So here it is. Our priority has always been to do the right things by Kira and her family. Now there is likely going to be an inquest into her death. We need to pause for the moment. This was a difficult decision for us to make. This could be for several weeks or months. We just don't know. We realise there are a lot of people interested and invested in listening to this. However, protecting the integrity of the case is paramount to us. So please, keep your eyes on this feed and we will update you as soon as we know anything. Beenham Valley Road is not over. We simply have to pause. It's just the right thing to do. We will be back as soon as we can. So from myself and Tom, we sincerely thank each and every one of our listeners and subscribers. Please continue to share, rate and review BVR. It helps us out tremendously and it also helps other people find out about this podcast. Thanks a lot, guys. Stay tuned. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.